Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, you'll hear from outspoken commentator Peter Cohen. And of course, you never know what he's going to say next. A little bit later, we'll have an encore presentation of an appearance from Joe Wilcox of Beta News. All this on the Tech Night Out Live. You know, one thing I like about Peter Cohen is that he can talk about almost anything I raise. He goes with the flow. That's great. How do you feel? I mean, you've never, how many years have you been on the show with me? Like 15 years. You've never, ever said, I don't want to talk about that. Is that correct? Um, I can't think of any times uh, right off the top that I've, I've said no. no. So here we go. I get, about three weeks ago, I get some toner for my laser printer. Okay. And I print uh, maybe a thousand copies or so. And now it's saying toner low. And this is supposed to be at 8,000 copy cartridge. And I'm going to assume that you've not printed 8,000 copies. Well, unless somebody's doing it overnight when I'm asleep. Do you use a laser printer? Yeah, I've got a, uh, a brother that I picked up probably, hmm, I want to say uh, six or seven years ago now. You probably don't use it much because they're good for, what, 150,000 copies and then they kind of self-destruct? I, I don't know. I've never reached the limit on mine. I, it replaced a LaserJet 5MP that I'd probably had for close to 20 years. The older laser printers, like an HP laser printer, yep. those things would last forever. I have a friend, a client, who has one from the late 1990s. And I guess it still works. It's been kept up to date. It's one of these really humongous-sized printers. It's for a large office. It's not for the home. I have one of these tiny brother laser printers, probably similar to what you have. Maybe the second from the bottom of the line or the third from the bottom of the line. They've got a whole bunch of them. And as is typical with all these companies, it's really very difficult to know the differences from one to the other. I mean, in terms of copy quality, they're about the same. In terms of performance, they're similar. But they have so many different models, you can just drive yourself crazy figuring them out. Yeah, yeah. People get paralyzed when they have to uh, buy printers. And then you throw other things into the mix, like, um, you know, do you want to print from your iPhone or your iPad? Okay, well, is the printer AirPrint compatible? You know, it's very easy to get very overwhelmed with features and differentiations between models. It's it's a mess. It's, it's certainly a mess. But, you know, fewer and fewer people are ever printing out stuff uh, anymore. I think printing is sort of the domain of, of old people, almost. Uh, um, you know, I, f- I certainly find less and less reasons for it. You know, even document scanning I do on my phone now. I don't bother with the document scanner in my multifunction center that I got from brother a few years ago. That was one of the big pulls for it originally. I'm like, oh, good. I can, you know, put documents through the document feeder and scan them. But the problem with that is that it's predicated on me doing it from my Mac, which isn't necessarily the most convenient thing in the world anyway. Um, And I've got really good scanning software on my iPhone now, and the camera on the iPhone is fantastic. So that's one of those places where, at the time that I bought the printer, it was a need that I had and a need that I I thought that I wanted from that particular device. But as time has gone on, it's become less of a need. You know, that's been supplanted by better technology. Well, I still use a printer, I guess, because I'm old as the hills. 
there we go. Yeah. And I, I still print stuff too. So, I mean, I, I don't want to make it sound like I print nothing, but honestly, uh, you know, I've had like a, a low toner alert on my, my printer for probably the past year and I've been ignoring it because it's still printing. I'm kind of thinking it's an error because I've used this toner before. It's not the OEM, the brother. It's somebody else's toner. Well, oh, it makes a difference with brother, I think. I, they're, they're very picky about what cartridges that they use because I've gone off-brand before and I've had problems. So if you're using an off-brand, you know, I don't want to say that there's like a lot of objective truth to, you know, the scare tactics that printer manufacturers use when they, when they try to scare you into using their own products as opposed to other companies. But, hey, look, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, as the old expression goes. And my experience eating that particular pudding is that the third party's pudding ain't as good as the OEMs. But, you know, your mileage may vary, as in all things. Well, in this particular case, other than this message, this bogus message, the quality is pretty much identical to the OEM. My toner is definitely shot, but that toner low light came on long before it ever, you know, started to tap out. Like maybe the second week out of the box is when I saw that that low toner light come on and it's never gone off. Well, what's going to happen here eventually, it will stop running. When it decides it can no longer use that cartridge, it will stop and say replace cartridge. And that's when I replace it, not with a bogus message. So, yes, cheers to uh, not acquiescing to bogus messages. That's right. That's a political statement, ladies and gentlemen, by the way. I raise my uh, mug of steaming peppermint tea to your ability to fight the man, Gene. Oh, I've been fighting for a long time. Incredibly hard to fight. Anyway, speaking of silly things, silly messages, there is a report in one of the Mac sites quoting somebody from Apple. And the person says, well, Apple is not going to have a October event. And this comes out... On October 20th. Now, I kind of think if Apple's going to have an event, you wouldn't expect it at the end of October when pretty much all the products are already out there. Of course, what do I know? The end of October is the full-on holiday season. It's when people want to be making holiday decisions. So it's, you know, if, if you're Apple and you can get products into the, the pipeline right away, I don't necessarily see it as an impediment to anything. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen because Apple says it's not. So the story says from Mac Rumors, Apple's Craig Federighi claims there's no October event in the works. You think? Hair Force One speaks. Something like that. And remember here, too, that almost all the Macs have been upgraded already or something's been announced, like the iMac Pro. The only difference is a statement from Tim Cook the other day in response to a customer saying that the Mac Mini is important to them, but he can't tell you what they're doing, which means to me that's going to be a new Mac Mini. But probably it's not going to show up on December 31st. Maybe because it's the kind of product that you want to have in the pipeline before Thanksgiving. It's not something you're going to release in December like the iMac Pro, which is a workstation starting at five grand. So I expect if there's going to be a Mac Mini in our future, that future will come in 2018, maybe the spring. Maybe it'll come at the same time that the Mac Pro comes. 
but I have a feeling Apple's going to do something totally different. Otherwise, just release a quick update. Update the parts and that's it. They've got to be doing something more than a simple refresh. What do you think? Well, they certainly got something on tap for 2018. I mean, we know that the Mac Pro is coming, right? And we also uh, have heard uh, Tim articulate his, uh, or read Tim articulate his his strong support for the Mac Mini as well. This is great. And the iMac 5K is a superb machine uh, for people who need it. And you know what? The last generation Mac Mini, I really turned the corner on it. I used to hate the damn thing. I had one, the 499 model. It was a complete doorstop. It was a complete piece of garbage. I put in an SSD over the summer, and I've been very pleased with it. It's been a peppy little performer. I think the way that Apple sells it out of the box is garbage. I think that the Mac Mini is is a badly hobbled machine because of some design design and pricing decisions that you know Apple had to make. But um, it's a machine with a lot of very interesting little niche vertical markets. Um, and if Apple addresses those correctly, it can have a big hit on its hands. But you know what? I'm not convinced that Apple knows what it's doing there, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you. You'll tell us why in our next segment. We're going to have a cliffhanger, and we're going to hang over the cliff. And after we hang over the cliff, we're going to see what happens when we fall. Well, not completely falling, but we have to find out why Peter Cohen is not so happy with the way that Apple has treated the Mac Mini. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-610-7740. That's 800-610-7740. 800-610-7740. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. 
At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Does the current world crisis in North Korea or our domestic crisis right here in America concern you? Well, I know it concerns me. My friends over at Legacy Food Storage have solutions in the event there's the inevitable. What's the inevitable? Civil unrest, a run on your local grocery store. And here's my question to you. If this happens, how do you feed your children? How do you feed your grandchildren? Legacy Food Storage has the solutions. In fact, they can help you implement a simple plan to take care of your needs in the event of the inevitable. By calling them right now, I have authorized them to give you a special 20% discount at checkout by simply using GCN. Call 888-543-7345 or visit them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. That's 888-543-7345 or visiting them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. Make sure you use GCN at checkout for an incredible 20% discount. Don't be a victim. Take control of your life now. Hi, I'm Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Every new parent dreams of bringing their baby home for the first time. But some babies are born too sick or too soon to come home right away. That's why Famous Footwear supports the life-saving research and programs of the March of Dimes, the leading nonprofit organization for pregnancy and baby health. Help us give every baby a fighting chance so that more babies can come home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Peter Cohen outspoken podcaster and commentator, and he's talking about the future of the Mac Mini. Any question whether Apple really knows what it's doing with this product? And I guess you could wonder about that, Peter, because Apple made some really big missteps with the Mac Pro, its premier workstation, with that trash can design that had so many limits in terms of upgradability. So where do you think the Mac Mini is being lost as a concept to Apple? Well, the last generation Mac Mini, not the 2014, which is the most current incarnation, if you will, but the 2012 model, ended up fitting into a lot of really neat little verticals. You know, uh, small offices and home offices uh, around the country and actually around the world uh, were using them as internet devices, as uh, servers, as uh, other devices of, of, of that nature. There was a, a burgeoning market for them in the home, you know, for people who are doing the home automation in, in a way that they can't really do uh, with HomeKit stuff, for example, or, um, uh, you know, other stuff like that. They were being adopted into neat little uh, verticals like um, home entertainment systems uh, as full-on uh, CPU systems for them really interesting markets that that, that popped up. And Apple really didn't do anything to service them in the 2014 model um, because Apple did things like remove the ability to upgrade RAM 
and the, the 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 CPUs that Apple used, unfortunately, were just dual core instead of quad core, where it really makes a difference when you've got server side applications. And they hobbled them also with really slow storage systems. Um, but as I said at the outset, my Mac Mini was a doorstop, but I replaced the uh, spinning hard drive with an SSD, and that made a huge difference to me. So. When you see where the potential of that system is and, you know, what Apple's done just in terms of its previous missteps, I am very mixed on the Mac Mini, but I want to root for it because it's such a great little system. It was originally envisioned by Apple even before Apple switched to Intel processors. I mean, this the, the first generation of this thing was a G4 uh, PowerPC device, you know, and it was really intended as sort of a stepping off point for a lot of people to have their first Macintosh experience, you know. And then to do it inexpensively, because all they were basically doing was just pulling the old tower PC and replacing everything else with a Mac. You know, it was a very smart device for its time. Um, now it needs to be re-engineered because it's a lot, you know, later than that is. That was more than a decade ago. So we, we really have to rethink of, of, of how the Mac Mini um, could be used now. And if Apple does it as a, um, a, an integrated little compact unit, like we've seen, um, uh, you know, Intel demonstrate at, at trade shows around the world, I think it could be a really cool little device. But Apple's kind of hit or miss on this stuff. Look at the Apple TV. That's another thing, Gene. We can get into Apple TV in a moment because I see that as a pretty big miss myself. But now let's just go back to the Mac Mini because one of the purposes for which it's used is in a data center is a low-cost server. You know, you have these big blade servers like a super micro that a lot of the web hosts use. And we have one of those at our host. We're about 20 miles away from that data center right now. But with a Mac Mini, I made arrangements with a web host a few years back. This is probably 2015, after the 2014 Mac Mini came out. And he had some of the older units in there with the quad-core processors from, I think, 2012. And we set it up with an external SSD for all my data, partly because if anything happened to the mini, just it's an external drive, just pop it off and put it into a new machine. Because it doesn't have what you'd have on a full-blown web server, redundant power supplies or something like that. So that's how we set it up. Do you know it performed almost identically to our regular web server? They put it on a hypervisor. In other words, they were running Linux in a virtual machine, and then we were installing cPanel, which is the control panel for a lot of web hosts, on top of that. So for all practical purposes, when I logged into that server or uploaded files, it was identical, and it ran pretty good. You don't even need to go that far. I mean, just running Mac OS X server on one of those quad-core uh, Mac minis equipped with an SSD is, is a remarkably fast, really good, superior, uh, small server experience uh you can you can load it up with a ton of unix software that's really useful um you can do all sorts of things with it right out of the box apple has actually really designed that very well but really underutilized unfortunately in this round of uh of of mac minis i think i don't understand what apple was thinking about they cut a hundred dollars off the price which certainly has some value to it they changed the bottom of the units, you no longer had a cover that you could remove to replace the RAM. It's soldered onto the logic board, which I guess saves 50 cents or something. 
they cut back on the high-end versions. You couldn't get a quad-core processor for no reason other than marketing. And I have no idea what they think they were doing. I feel here if Apple is going to really do something with a Mac Mini, other than just simple refresh, it's going to be re-engineered to something different. Maybe to hit those vertical markets more. You know, have you ever seen the HP Z2 Mini Workstation? It's kind of like an almost Mac Mini kind of design. It's thicker, it's heavier, but it's designed to serve as a low-cost workstation, and you can put lots of different upgrades in it. Would a configuration like that make sense for Apple, like a low-end Mac Pro for people who can't afford a Mac Pro? Well, Apple is always going to favor minimalism over, as long as Johnny Ive is involved with the design. Apple is always going to favor a most, uh, the, the most minimal presentation that they possibly can with anything that they can do when it comes to something like that. So my assumption is that anything that they do, they do is going to be built for um, having a very minimal footprint. I don't see a lot of accessorizing for it, and I don't see a lot of customization for it. And the reason for that is because historically, when Apple has been asked about that on any of its, like even if it's even its Pro machines, like the MacBook Pro or the iMac, which does have expandability, you know, their response is the same: that very few Mac users, out of the box, ever change or are interested in changing their configurations. People are content to use what they buy out of the box, and that's about it. So a lot of the um, expandability aspects of the old Mac Mini, I think, are kind of it's it's a wasted argument or it's a it's a wasted discussion because I don't really see Apple reversing that. They did make the low end iMac a little easier to upgrade, although technically you have to take it to a dealer. You couldn't replace RAM on the previous generation. You can now on the twenty one and a half inch iMac. So if you can do that with an iMac, if they're going to go back with the iMac and give it more configuration options, even if it's only RAM, I would think a Mac Mini, a rethought Mac Mini would have that too. They can also put in more robust power supply and cooling, and it doesn't have to have a lot of configuration options, but maybe a few. We've got more to come with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Dr. Carolyn Dean wants you to have a free chapter of her new book, The Magnesium Miracle Second Edition, and it's available at magmiracle.com. In your free chapter, Dr. Carolyn Dean explains how magnesium is essential to support the structure and function and overall health of your body. Your free chapter is your guide to learn how to support your heart, bone, metabolic, lung, and mental health with this powerful mineral. The Magnesium Miracle Second Edition is available on Amazon, but right now get a free chapter at magmiracle.com, spelled M-A-G, miracle.com.
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap, even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed; it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. If you're a sleep apnea sufferer who's on the go, go to your phone and call right now to try the world's first portable mini CPAP device, absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP, an engineering marvel that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. Its unique design is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. No more dragging around a big, bulky CPAP. Even better, now you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights by calling minicpap.com, 1-800-962-4276. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. You can also add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. So now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't wait. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call minicpap.com now. 1-800-962-4276. That's 1-800-962-4276. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We continue with Peter Cohen, outspoken podcaster. And near do well or something. And I was going to mention that the best way to support the Tech Night Owl Live is to become a member of Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com. We give you a version of the show free of network ads, better quality audio. And we persist here. Let you know in case we seem scattered, it's not because I am scattered or Peter is scattered. It's, it's because, because of- Skype sucks. Yeah, there is that. 
And Microsoft now hates us. Do you know that? Microsoft hates us. I don't care. Because they've never advertised on my radio show in all the years I've had this show on the air, which is now, what, over 15 years? Microsoft has never advertised. So and I already made sure that UPS would never advertise when I told the story of how the full driver leaves a big TV set that Vizio sent me for review on the open patio on the first floor apartment where somebody can just pick it up and take it. All right? So we don't want to get into all that kind of stuff, and we don't want to vent. So we're talking about Apple's possible plans for Mac Mini, and I mentioned that when they mentioned Pro features for the iMac, I didn't think they'd make an all-new model with higher thermal system and making into a workstation all-in-one Mac Pro, essentially. I didn't expect that. And I'm wondering here what Apple might do with the Mac Mini. Now, remember, do you remember what Phil Schiller said at the April roundtable with the reporters about the Mini? Mind me, Gene. Okay. He mentioned it had mostly consumer users, but some pro users. I always think here when Apple says something, there's a meaning. So they might be looking here at redesigning the Mac Mini so it doesn't lose its low-end aspirations as an entry-level Mac, but maybe offer a couple of optional configurations that make it more powerful for server use and things like that. But it wouldn't be something that would require lots of extra configurations, just a handful of pre-built configurations with a few options, and maybe build a higher-end thermal system inside to accommodate hotter parts. What do you think? Anything's possible. What I do know is that uh, Apple is always designing for maximum efficiency and maximum uh, performance within those efficiency constraints. You know, so multiple configurations of a Mac Mini are eminently likely because that's what Apple's always done. Uh, you know, it just depends on on what kind of configuration you're expecting. I was opining, or, or I was pining, I guess I should say, um, in a previous segment uh, for the glory days of the Mac Mini when you could tear it open, put in more RAM, um, and order it with a different processor that, that had more cores. I don't think that we're going to go back to that level of customizability. I think that when you hear Phil Schiller, you know, who is you know, Apple's vice president in charge of marketing, talk about the Mac Mini in terms of being usable by some pros, I think that you just need to take that for what it means, which is that it's going to be a system that can be used by some pros. You know, there's there's no need to quantify it with, well, that means that they're going to have to do this, that, or the other thing to the configuration. No, no. You know, it's, it's starting with a, a fresh piece of design paper and, you know, just saying, okay, this is our target audience for it. This is the market that we expect to buy it. The, these are the people that we're, we're going to configure the thing to be used by. That's all that means. Well, still, the decision has to be made as to how to fill it. Then again, if Apple was just going to refresh the Mac Mini, they didn't have to wait. Pros use the $500 machine. You know, here's the thing. That's the, the well, maybe not the $500 machine, but pros use the Mac Mini, right? You know, they, they, they now use the Mac Mini. You can order a Mac Mini slicked out with SSD and, and, and gobs of RAM and have a really buzzing little workstation if you want it. Why do they need to do anything more sophisticated than that, Gene? Okay, so why... Is it taking so long? Why can't Apple simply take the 2014 Mac Mini, put in more up-to-date parts, and release it? 
Uh, well, that, that's that's an existential question that, that is really above my pay grade and uh, below my sense of wonder, uh, to, to borrow a phrase from a character on TV. Exactly. We have no idea what they're planning here. I just think it's going to be something that will have some level of redesign. Otherwise, why take so long? It's the same thing with the Mac Pro. But the other question here is, Apple used to have the Mac pretty well nailed down. It's its original product, a personal computer. They had it pretty well nailed down. What happened in 2013 with the Mac Pro, now with the Mac Mini? What took them so long to realize something is wrong? Well, I think that you have to look in at the overall scope of things. Mac sales are almost incidental to Apple's bottom line. And, and that's not to say that Mac sales are inconsequential. You know, broken out on their own, the, the, the Macintosh, like if the Mac was its own business unit, the Mac would be one of the biggest PC makers in the country. Um, but, you know, accretive to Apple's sales, it's dwarfed, dwarfed by the iPhone, right? The iPhone is the vast majority of Apple's revenue mover around the world. Uh, so I think that you just have to look at it within that, that context, understand that the Mac is, you know, second banana in some respects uh, when it comes to Apple's uh, overall product focus and that Apple is not compelled based on the way the market moves with those products, to invest a lot of effort into an annual upgrade cycle or even a biannual upgrade cycle, just in the interest of making people happy to look for new things. You know, this is a market that that, that Apple feels like it can best respond to on, on, on this cyclical basis. Way too long in the tooth for any of us tech nerds. But you know what? We're not the people buying these products. You know, they're offices, they're small offices, they're, um, they're families, they're, uh, you know, people f looking for uh, slim workstations that they don't have to worry about getting viruses on because they're not running Windows. Uh, you know, it's, it's that sort of thing. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a good market. It's a really good market for, uh, for that particular product. And it, it's actually pretty price competitive, too, when you compare features. Um, let's hope that Apple keeps the, its eye on the ball and continues to uh, offer a really cool competitive product in that entry-level space because I, I want to see the Mac Mini stick around and I want to see that market flourish. Well, obviously, Tim Cook felt it was important to say something, to reassert Apple's commitment to the product. And I guess in a very, very loose sense, imply something is on the horizon. Yeah, that's always good. When you get a note from Tim that reaffirms your faith that the company is moving in the same direction that you want it to be, that's always a good thing. So I took that as a very positive. Um, uh, and I mean, obviously, you know, there was a certain amount of, uh, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, understanding full well that that email was going to get leaked to the press immediately. Oh, of course, they have probably gotten emails like that for months, for years. But one day they say, okay, now's the time to drop a few hints. Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit of theater. It's good. Right. Otherwise, he's not going to respond. I mean, if you had the privilege of looking through his email, and I'm sure some Russians are doing it already. <laughs> 
some of Putin's confederates are already busy looking at Tim Cook's email. They would see thousands of emails. What are you going to do about the Mac Mini? Come on now. Do something. It's since 2014. It's, what, three years? Do something, please. And every last one of them just sits there. Or he might be using smart mailboxes. So he's got them already in one folder, all the requests for Mac Mini adjustments. He's got, you know, 10,000, 100,000. Who knows how many people care about he does Mac everything. Minis. He does everything with his phone. And his iPad. And his iPad. You see? Pro. Of course. More to come with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Concur does what might seem impossible for your business. It makes employees happy and finance happy. How? Well, employees love automated expense reports and invoices they can submit and approve from anywhere. And finance loves that they have full visibility into employee spend. Plus, Concur integrates with leading finance systems. Concur makes the process better for everyone. Concur. Expense. Travel. Invoice. Learn more at Concur.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. 
Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Ben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. $39.95 plus shipping and handling. Use discount code GCN and receive 15% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter and get your Bug Assault today. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So here's how it goes. We've had lots of fits and starts with the first part of this segment with Peter Cohen where Skype has been confounding us. We've been restarting and all sorts of things, the application, the computers, and we're starting to work. We did one segment without an interruption. And Peter, what was your feeling about that? Oh, it was, I, I was vibing, man. It felt good. You see, right now we're going downhill. You know, we start on a very, very logical sense here. And now, oh my God. Yes. Look what's happening. That's right. We're in bat country. We're in batty country. That's always it. with Eugene. Absolutely. Well, I remember here, my son Grayson was born on February 19th. Why is that significant? That is, at least in one of the iterations of Batman, Bruce Wayne's birthday. Okay? So that makes it crazy right there. That is indeed amazing. An amazing coincidence. More amazing, though, is that David Mazus, the guy, the young guy who plays Bruce Wayne in the TV series Gotham. I like that kid. He is getting tall, by the way. You notice he's really yeah, he shot up there. He's almost like 5'10", 5'11 now. So he'll probably be shortly over six feet. Really getting tall. His birth date is February 19th. Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the quote that I had uh, earlier was Harvey Bullock from Gotham. Come to think of it. And think of it this way, by the way. I don't know, when you talk about Batman and you get Batty like that. He would be the first Jewish Batman. <laughs> ah, that's an interesting factoid. I hadn't considered that. Exactly. That's why we call him David. Seb David, Jewish. All right? So we have a Jewish Batman. And so instead of wearing a... You know, I'm Jewish. I can say anything I want, okay? I can attack myself here. He's going to wear a yarmulke instead of a hood. 
Yeah, but he's a he, he's a billionaire with this, you know, massive uh, techno industrial empire behind him. So it'll be like the most techno yamaka you've ever seen in your life. And the actor who plays Ray Jagul in that, of course, Alexander Alexander Sid- Sidade. Yes, we remember him from one TV series, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Exactly. Okay. My favorite. My favorite Trek, by the way. Absolutely, my favorite Trek series. Good and dark. Now, I don't like what CBS is doing now with Star Trek Discovery. Not the plot of the show. I don't know about that yet. Or the fact that for some reason we've got this first officer on a ship who is like a foster daughter to Spock's father. Yeah, you know, it was it was this incessant need to sort of, you know, draw from canon where I was like, oh, guys, come on. You know, it's like what we're going to rewrite Spock's history now. We're going to retcon him as, you know, with a look, you know, I'm just annoyed. Yeah. Plus the whole CBS all access thing. That's what at, at the end of the day, Gene, that's what's really up my talk about the whole thing. You know what? Two shows started this fall that I actually paid attention to. One was Discovery. Two space shows, I should say, uh, that I really paid attention to were, were that and the Orville. You know, and I'm still watching the Orville. And why am I still watching the Orville? Because it's on, you know, Fox and I get Fox on my cable. So I don't have to pay any extra for it. But look, CBS All Access does not have enough draw for me to want to ferret out a few more bucks a month for it. And people are like, well, you know, it's just, a, you know, it's 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 a drink at Starbucks or whatever. Look, you know, I'm already shelling out for Netflix and I get my money's worth out of Netflix. I actually shell out for another service, too, called Crunchyroll, because um, our tastes run to Japanese uh, animation or anime. Um, so we like to see it from there because then we're supporting the industry. Uh, and we're happy to pay for it. And I pay for Apple Music and, and other stuff as well. But, you know, it's like the death of a thousand cuts. You know what I'm saying, Gene? The death of a thousand cuts. Yes, yes, yes. You know, you, you just at some point you got to draw the line and say, you know, no, no more. This is this is enough. You know, this is enough. This is this is all I'm willing to do. So Star Trek Discovery and CBS All Access can kiss it as far as I'm concerned. Well, they've got basically two shows. That show, plus this spinoff from The Good Wife, called The Good Who the Hell Cares. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not, sorry, that's not, you know, I'm th- I got to throw money at you to watch this stuff. And, and I say this as a lifelong trekker. I, you know, grew up in a house watching the reruns when they were, you know, fresh in syndication in the 70s. It was one of my first formative SF experiences. I went to my first con, my first science fiction convention, when I was about 11 or 12 years old to meet Jimmy Dewan and get his autograph. Because I thought an engineer hero was such a cool idea, you know? And, you know, I, I joined the organization right after that, and I worked cons myself, and it, it developed a love of fandom in me that was, you know, that's inspired a lot of, you know, great stuff that, that, that I've centered my family around as my wife and I have had our own kids. So Star Trek is incredibly meaningful to me, but it's not meaningful enough to shell out a little bit more every month for. And I... I don't know why I'm being so cranky about that, Gene, but like I said, it's my line in the sand, and I just don't want to cross it, and I don't want anything else to cross it either. 
Well, I just got press credentials for another channel, the one that is for Stargate series. There's a channel like that, but it's only $20 a year, and they gave me a complimentary press pass. But the funny thing about it is the PR lady's last name is Steinberg, and I have no idea whether or not she's related. Okay, so I'm going to have to check into that. You know, I'm thinking maybe she's the daughter of one of my nephews. We'll have to find that out. Anyway, the thing here about Star Trek and Vengeance... Or is she just a reptilian posing as a Steinberg? A reptilian. You know, I actually started going to world science fiction cons in the mid-60s, and I went to my first... Star Trek convention in the Philadelphia area. This was 1975. Nichelle Nichols was there, Jimmy Doohan, I forget the third person, Walter Koenig, I think. In any case, we met Nichelle Nichols, and my girlfriend at the time took a picture of all of us or something like that before selfies. I took a few photos. And then, remember, this is 1975, before the reboot movie, Star Trek, the motion picture directed by the same guy who brought you Sound of Music and Day the Earth Stood Still, and who's interested in UFOs, that director. But anyway, the press conference they had there where they allowed us to interview the stars, the thing I did to Jimmy Doohan was to say, and this is a guy at that time must have been his 40s or 50s, I said, what would Scotty sound like if he was 70 years old? And so he gave me an older-sounding version of Scotty. I might even have a tape recording of that. What's That's amazing. It is amazing because I don't think he realized at that time that he would be playing Scotty in his 70s. That's he right. never stopped playing that role for as long as he was alive and as long as he was healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And he got shot into space. I he did. Do you like Simon Pegg as the Scotty of the movies? You know, I have the the movies are kind of a mixed bag with me. Um, I, the the casting I think has been phenomenal, and um, uh, you know, when Anton Yelchin uh, passed in, in such a horrible way too, I thought that was awful for Chekhov because I, I liked him, I loved him as Chekhov. Simon Pegg, Scotty though, he he's fantastic, and what what I love about it is that it's Simon Pegg. You know, he makes he's it is it's it's very unlike Carl Urban's McCoy in that. Um, uh, you know, that's very much, a, you know, that's that's miming DeForest Kelly, you know, pretty closely. Right. That's I'm just here to play a character that's already established. And 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 that's it. Peg knew that he was never going to match Jimmy Doohan. So he just took it in a completely different direction. And I think the character's better for it. You know, also, he was the co-author of the script for the last movie, Star Trek Beyond. Simon. And I think it it made a lot a big difference. You know, Beyond was is absolutely my favorite rebooted Star Trek movie to date. But I want to tell you something. Chris Pine is getting more and more William Shatner mannerisms as he gets older. Now, I'll give you an example of that. Did you see Wonder Woman? Yeah. Uh, yes, I did. Tell me if there weren't scenes there where he was channeling William Shatner absolutely a few scenes i saw i saw i think towards the beginning where he's first rescued by wonder woman and he just takes on those mannerisms and i said this guy has just been (laughs) drinking the william shatner kool-aid a little bit too much we've got peter cohen i don't know what kool-aid he drinks i'm gene steinberger in the tech night alive 
you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. In an emergency, you need a fire. Now. But what if the wood is wet? No problem for InstaFire. Our non-toxic fire starter packs lights wet wood, floats, and can even burn on water or in any weather. Sustains winds up to 30 miles per hour, and each pouch weighs only 1.75 ounces. Need an emergency or camp stove? Get the InstaFire Inferno stove that boils 20 ounces of water in under 3 minutes with controllable heat and temps from 425 to 1500 degrees. Free shipping. Go to InstaFire.com and use discount code RADIO30 up to 3 times for 30% off your order. InstaFire. Fire in an instant. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So the question on the table, as if anyone cares, is whether Chris Pine in the movie Wonder Woman as Steve Trevor was drinking a little too much William Shatner Kool-Aid because he sure displayed the mannerisms, don't you think? Well, you've got the name of this week's show, Gene, Drinking William Shatner's Kool-Aid. I'll, I'll start a podcast that way until Shatner sues me. And if he sues me, I'll get some fame and fortune out of it. Or maybe get him on the show. Ah, uh, man. You know, it's, uh, as, as to Chris Pine's mannerisms, um, yeah, he's, um, he's definitely... Uh, Consciously or unconsciously, nature versus nurture. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but uh, he's he's becoming synonymous with Kirk. It's funny. I mean, he's good at it. He does it very well. I thought he he and Gal Gadot just were beautiful together. They had a good vibe together, and I thought it was a really really good movie. Of course, they here's a spoiler. They kill off Steve Trevor. Now in the TV series, what they did is they had like his identical grandson or something with the same actor playing the Steve Trevor role in the TV series with Linda Carter. So I suppose there could be a descendant of Steve Trevor who appears in the Wonder Woman sequel. But that would kind of channel the TV show, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, that's not to say that that's a bad thing. I mean, come on, you know, the the, the TV show is sort of an indelible part of the whole uh, mystique of, of the character, right? Well, I'll give you something where they really copy it. They have Linda Carter now playing the alien, secret alien president of the United States. On, on Supergirl. S- right. And in the first her first appearance, you have Melissa Benoist, Supergirl, doing that spin. The in one of the scenes there, she does the Wonder Woman spin. And she claimed that Linda Carter showed her how to do it. You know, I, I got to be honest with you, Gene. I gave up Supergirl after season one because oh, I don't I don't even remember why I gave it up. But as soon as I found out that Linda Carter was going to be back uh, on TV, was going to be on that show, I started watching it again and I have not regretted it. I think that show is fantastic. I've been I've really been enjoying it. I like the fact they bring back these actors from the other shows, of course, like Dean Cain, who certainly put on a lot of weight, hasn't he? Dean Cain <laughs> playing. Her adoptive father, of course, he was Superman, Lois and Clark. The original Supergirl, Helen Slater, plays foster mother, and she's going to be back on next week's show. Terry Hatcher playing the queen of the Daxamites, an evil woman. And she's really good playing, you know, overacting. Yeah, vamping it up. She's definitely the, uh, the Joan Collins of last season. She did really, really well. And another person from genre shows, Carl Lumby, is it? I have to look up the way they pronounce his name. You know, the, the, it's really interesting to me because the CW has done the same thing with um, Riverdale. Their, uh, you know, their adaptation of the Archie comics. Um, and they've, they've done all these great call-outs with, with uh, uh, 90s actors and actually 80s actors, too. Molly, Ring, Molly Ringwald is, is uh, one of the parents on the show. Luke Perry is as well. Uh, you know, they've got all these sort of call-outs to, you know, 90210 and uh, other genre shows that, uh, um, that, that are meaningful to the audience, you know, in some way. And it's, it's just really funny to me. Well, um, of course, Carl Lumbly has his credentials because he starred in a superhero show early on called Mantis, M-A-N-T-I-S, where he plays a doctor in a wheelchair who has this kind of exosuit that turns him into a superhero. He played the Martian Manhunter in cartoons, and now he's going to be the Martian Manhunter's father on Supergirl. In this coming episode, of course, it was also an alias. So they bring back actors like that. And of course, the woman who's playing, who took over the role of Kara's Kryptonian mother, the woman who played Lois Lane on Smallville. Right. Right. So you see, I like the fact that they do that. For example, in Flash, they had John Wesley Shipp playing Barry Allen's father. So what is John Wesley Shipp known for other than soap operas, where I guess he gained his fame and did a lot of his work? Well, in 1990, he appeared in a one-season TV show, The Flash. (laughs) And Mark Hamill played, what, Trickster or something like that, one of the classic Flash villains. He came back in the same role for the new series. And what's so amazing about that, the, you know, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon with that is that uh, uh, Mark Hamill has for years uh, done the voice of the Joker 
as opposed to the trickster um, in Batman, the animated series. Um, so, you know, there, there's this uh, degree of separation on, on that angle, too, that I just think is hilarious. I also kind of like the episode duets when everybody was singing. <laughs> Remember that? Musical episodes can be kind of hit or miss with me, to be honest with you. The one that I, the one that I love the most is still the high watermark for me is still Buffy. Well, this one here, the reason is that most of the players are musical stars. Like, of course, Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist came from Glee, and they brought another Glee person over to play the music meister. A lot of them are from Broadway. So because they're Broadway stars, they came up there and sang. So the guy who plays a detective on The Flash and played in Law & Order for years as a detective there, too. And, of course, that happens to be... Jesse L. Martin, he was in the Broadway cast of Rent, the original Broadway cast, so he's a musical star. So, so there you go. There you go, right. You, th- you see, like, just watching them dance. And, of course, Grant Dustin is really deep into being Dick Van Dyke. If you watch him dance in that one episode, he is channeling Dick Van Dyke completely. That's amazing. And he does it well. I mean, he really, really does it well. And But the only other thing to mention about duets before we get back to the tech stuff is the composers of the music for the movie La La Land, they composed yes. a song for The Flash where Barry Allen proposes to Iris West. Ah. The music, by the way, if you don't want to see the TV show, the music is on iTunes. You can download the album and hear them all sing. So it's, it was fun, you know. Let's get back to You see, that leads us back to Apple TV. Yeah, now, Apple TV. Yeah. I don't know. It gets decent reviews. I just think it's a, still a big miss. Well, when you compare it to the, to, to the other products in the market and see what it's missing and, and you know, what other devices can do, uh, I think that Mac Mini can be a little bit tepid. I mean, uh, the, uh, the Apple TV can be a little bit tepid. Um, it, it, you know, is the value there? Not really sure. Not really sure that it is. But, uh, you know, Apple's developed a niche for it. It's developed a market. It's also done its best to kind of buoy up an, an ecosystem uh, for developers to try to make money from it. Um, and uh, these are okay things if the device works in a way that, I guess, is sufficient for you. The problem here, and it gets to be the same problem over and over again is the fact that the Apple TV 4K was expensive at $149. Yes, it was. So now it's $179 for the 32-gigabyte version. But the 64, which nobody on this planet really needs, unless you have a lot of games and stuff to download, is still $199. Why make it more expensive? I think if Apple made it $129, the psychological factor would have really encourage people to buy them. But keeping it so much more expensive than the Roku is difficult to justify, even though it's Apple's ecosystem. I think 4K is a moving target right now. I think that, you know, the market is... is um, uh, getting flooded with with cheaper 4K sets, so people are looking at you know the the sets that they've got that are still working fine, you know, in their bedroom or their their living room, and and they're you know they're they're remembering you know just dropping 
you know, seven, eight hundred dollars on some of these sets a few years ago. And now they're looking at the 4K sets going, am I ready to do this again? Am I really going to see the benefit from it? We'll get into the answer in our next segment, final segment with Peter Cohen. I'm the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash OTC pain info. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. Attention type 2 diabetics. If you or a loved one has taken Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR or other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes and suffered amputation of the toes, feet, or legs, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA has warned that Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR and other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes cause an increased role in amputations of the toes, feet, and legs. If you or a loved one has taken Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR or other inhibitors, for type 2 diabetes and suffered amputation of the toes, feet, or legs, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-475-7607. That's 800-475-7607. Again, 800-475-7607. Call now. This is an advertisement paid non-attorney spokesperson. www.injuryhelpdesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. 
actual testimonials from real Numana customers. I've tried all kinds of food storage, and Numana is by far the best. I'm a single mom with two teenage boys and a full-time job. I don't always have time to cook a four-course meal. That's where Numana has been such a blessing. I can spend less time in the kitchen and more time on what matters most, like helping with homework. Find out for yourself. Order online at thepowermall.com. That's thepowermall.com. Numana is... Powermall.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. In any case, let's just move on. We're talking about the Apple TV 4K, about 4K TV sets. And as our listeners know, Vizio sent me a 4K set, 55-inch M-Series 2017 model for review. They call it, though, a home theater display, not a TV set. It does not have a tuner. You can buy a tuner for 30 bucks or so at Amazon, except there's another piece of logic there. There's going to be a new 4K broadcast tuner coming out soon. And by having the set this way without a tuner, it's future-proof. You can buy the tuner later on. Now, this set here has, you know, all the HDR stuff, and it's got a built-in Chromecast. So having a built-in Google Chromecast with all the apps, other than iTunes, this set kind of replaces the need for an Apple TV. Roku cut the price of its Ultra from $109 to $99. Apple raised the price of the Apple TV 4K, and maybe the 4K is better, and maybe the HDR is better, and maybe the audio is better because it has more advanced sound systems than the Roku. The Roku, I think, has DTS, whereas there are a couple of flavors of Dolby on the Apple TV 4K. So it's a better set technically. Most people won't care, and as you say, You've got a lot of lower-cost 4K sets here. But unless you have a large set or sit close to the set, you won't see the difference. HDR is still the key. Yep, HDR, 4K without HDR is kind of a waste of time. And I think that that was the message that Apple was trying to send when it showed off the Apple Apple TV 4K at its September event. The HDR is really what makes, is going to make the, uh, the qualitative difference that most people are going to experience with 4k sets i agree with you and i think apple's doing the right thing yeah well apple's got to figure out some way to differentiate the products one can argue though that apple is actually maybe over complicating things you know uh, i don't want to bring up the specter of steve jobs but you know we, we all remember the classic four quadrant you know product line with and when I say we all remember, I'm talking about old dogs like you and me, Gene, who harken back to the the dinosaur days of of the Mac. Uh, but you know, Steve would have the the four product quadrant up there, and it was a concise, sort of elegant way of of looking at uh, the product line. And you know, Apple's gotten a lot more fluid. They've gotten a lot more fluid with configurations and optimizations and customizations for people. So just drawing this full circle, when we were talking about the Mac Mini before, you know, I have no idea what Apple's got. It, it's 
uh, up, up its sleeve when it comes to how it might offer a Mac Mini for a pro person as opposed to just a general consumer. The Apple TV sort of falls into the same vein. You know, if you're upgrading to 4K, and the Apple TV ecosystem is appealing to you. As far as I'm concerned, the thing that really separates the Apple TV still from the Roku or from any other device, uh, you know, the, the Fire devices from Amazon and so on, is the integration with an Apple ecosystem. Are you an Apple Music customer? Are you? Uh, do you have photos that you'd like to show your friends from your vacation that are on your phone? You know, do you have an iPad that you'd like to maybe play on the big TV when you're in the living room or just use that as a big screen uh, for doing something? These are all things that the Apple TV can do exclusively compared to every other box in there. And that it increases its intrinsic value um, to the prospective customer in a way that you're never going to get with these competing devices. And that's why Apple's products are priced more in that respect anyway. Well, I know Apple has to be there with the Apple TV. I just hope they would be smart and cut that price. I think if they said $129, people would applaud them and they'd sell a lot more because then it's not such a big jump from a Roku. But you see, what the TV makers are doing, especially Vizio, which sells lots of sets, is giving you a Chromecast. They took away a sale for most people from Apple TV. I mean, I don't know how well it works. I haven't set up the set yet. You know, it's been a comedy of errors. Let me tell you about this here. Comedy of errors, Peter. So get the set, and I needed some help to set it up because my wife is not going to lift the set. It's not that heavy, but she's four foot eleven little girl. And I didn't want her lifting the set. So I checked with a neighbor who happens to be an installer for the local cable company. And he said, I'll help you out. So we set up the set. But in the original set, and this is true with a lot of TVs, had one stand in the middle of the set. Now the newer sets have a leg on each side of the set. And I guess it gives you better stability. Except that leg is about an inch or two too wide for our TV stand. So we have to buy a new TV stand for the set. I mean, comedy of errors. Ready to set it up and try out the 4K and everything. Sounds annoying. It really is. I'm looking for a cheap stand now. Or go to like one of those Home Depot places and see if they have pre-cut glass. I need like 45 by 20. Maybe get a piece of sheet of glass and just replace the top of the TV stand, which is glass. And see with uh, glass with razor-sharp edges. Of course, I really need that. Mm-hmm. No, it has to be cleanly cut or something like that or smooth over. I think they have pre-cut glass. They also have pre-cut acrylic. That's supposed to be much stronger than glass. I have to see what it looks like. But it'd be a really cheap way. This is the cheap out, folks. If you run into this situation with a new set, this is the cheap out way, I hope, to, to set it up. What kind of set do you have? Uh... I actually have a set that is a uh, the the last of of a very old breed of uh, uh, projectors uh, projector sets. It's a Sony, um, and it's uh, I don't know. It's it's a dinosaur, but it's a nice sixty inch set, and it still works well. So we uh, we keep using it, and you know I've got a Samsung uh, in my bedroom, which uh, which. Um, 
we've had probably for about seven or eight years. You know, I'm one of these people who feels like if I am going to spend money on an appliance or something that's going to be around for a while, I'm going to make sure that it's of sufficient quality to last a really long time. You know, up until last year, I was rocking a 2008 Mac Mac Pro. You know, the only reason I stopped using it really in the end is because um, I had a logic board failure. You know, there was no other reason because I I had, you know, extensively modified that thing to keep it going um, over time. I just, I'm one of the, and I I was telling you about my 20-year-old laser printer before. I'm a really big believer in using things for as long as they can be used. And that Samsung set has been all over my house and it's still working great. Peter Cohen, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff you do. You can find me online on Twitter at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. And if you're looking for tech tips uh, about your iPhone or your Mac or um, other stuff, you can find my, uh, on my, my own website at peter-cohen.com. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you very much for having me, Gene. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. In an emergency, you need a fire now. But what if the wood is wet? No problem for InstaFire. Our non-toxic fire starter packs lights wet wood, floats, and can even burn on water or in any weather. Sustains winds up to 30 miles per hour, and each pouch weighs only 1.75 ounces. Need an emergency or camp stove? Get the InstaFire Inferno stove that boils 20 ounces of water in under 3 minutes with controllable heat and temps from 425 to 1500 degrees. Free shipping. Go to InstaFire.com and use discount code RADIO30 up to 3 times for 30% off your order. InstaFire. Fire in an instant. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralized the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. 
That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Are you retired or facing retirement and you're afraid your income is going to be less than you'd like? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and I want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current schedule, creating extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-774-3149 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-774-3149. Again, that's 800-774-3149. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So we have Joe Wilcox joining us again. He writes, of course, for Beta News and has been following the industry for quite a long time. So let's get on with it. Before we do anything else, I'm thinking of a great switch here, and maybe you can tell me what you're doing. What wireless carrier are you currently using? Uh, I recently switched begrudgingly, and I do say begrudgingly, to a Verizon. Begrudgingly why? Um, well, I was really happy with uh, T-Mobile, which is where I was. But uh, we just get better uh, service, particularly the the uh, data. Uh, I mean, there's like no comparison. I get, if I'm lucky, three MIPS on T-Mobile. Usually it's less than one. Uh, I hit the speed test for Verizon. Boom, it's you know, 70 to 80. And there are a lot of places, particularly inside of buildings, where I can get uh, Verizon that I can't get T-Mobile. That said, I like the pricing better and, and uh, customer service. Well, really got it for me was when uh, Verizon, after losing, what, 300,000 subscribers, or I guess right before that happened, uh, they introduced their unlimited plan, which brought the pricing for my five lines to within 20 bucks of T-Mobile. That made it affordable. Of course, since then, they've cha- Verizon has changed its unlimited plan. So it's, even, it's more expensive. I'm grandfathered. I'm very unhappy about the uh, uh, the whole thing with the uh, with the streaming quality, where they do 720p to the phone and 1080p to the uh, to the tablet, uh, that's reason enough for me to switch back to uh, T-Mobile, and I may just do that in a few months. I couldn't do switching back and forth, partly because I have one device that's financed through AT and T, but T-Mobile will pay that off. 
if I switch to them. So the issue, of course, is the one that you make very clear. Will I get comparable reception? Probably, uh, because uh, T-Mobile and AT&T are both GSM, and uh, they may have uh, towers in the same area, or maybe uh, cross-licensing. Pretty good chance. Like, for me, T-Mobile is somewhat compromised. AT&T also is somewhat compromised, but Verizon is different. It's different technology, different towers. Um, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if you found it was co- comparable. Well, if we were to go to Verizon, I expect that I'd have to switch all my equipment. Uh, yeah. So uh, so that's a, that's a biggie. Okay. So it depends on what you're using. If, okay, so Here's the gotcha. Uh, which which iPhone do you have? iPhone 7. Okay, you're screwed. So, and my wife has an iPhone 5C, and Chris, who uses our account also, has an iPhone 6. So Apple and the esteemed you know, logic, and I'm not sure if this has to do with uh, the, the kind of the fight with Qualcomm and, and the move towards the Intel stuff, but you got the, I believe you have the Intel modem, it, there's there are two versions of the of the iPhone seven and seven plus. So one, uh, if you get from the store unlocked or from Verizon, will cover all your uh, frequencies. Uh, if you buy it uh, for AT and T and or T Mobile, because I've been through this when I went through the switch, it was a nightmare. Um, then uh, you're going to going to find that the your AT and T phone is not supported on Verizon, even if it's unlocked, because the uh, the frequencies aren't there. So you buy a Verizon phone, you can take it anywhere. You buy a T-Mobile or AT&T phone, you can't. Well, that certainly puts a damper on that. I'm not going to buy three new phones just to join a service. Now, there's a published report, and we've had this go back and forth a few times in recent years, new published report that T-Mobile and Sprint may ink their merger deal by the end of October, what have you heard? Well, it's the same thing. I mean, how many times have we heard talk of this merger? Uh, it's been going on for years. Uh, and what well, I think what's different this time is it looks like T-Mobile would be in the driver's seat rather than the other way around. How's that for a turnabout? Um, and, uh, you know, we keep the, you know, see uh, the uh, TMO, uh, T-Mobile's uh, uh, feisty uh, CEO, which I think would be a good thing. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a good thing for the industry uh, to have uh, three big carriers when you have four and a lot of smaller ones kicking around. And a lot of the smaller ones basically piggyback on the networks of the larger ones. True, true, true. But the thing that it concerns me here also is that T-Mobile and Sprint have different network protocols, at least the older towers, because Sprint with CDMA, like Verizon. So how would you merge this to begin with? It would cause a mess. Well, well, first of all, um, I think you wouldn't have the the problem uh, as much, uh, you know, making the switch, you know, like with the phones, you know, for example, you're, uh, you know, if if you're a Sprint customer and want to go to T-Mobile, well, now you can do that. uh, Unlike, you know, the whole Verizon thing I just outlined. Um, uh, What what T-Mobile wants it's not about the technology. It's about the customers. Uh, for one one neat uh, price, 
They, they, uh, T-Mobile buys a lot of customers from the fourth largest uh, carrier. I don't know how many you know millions they have now, uh, but uh, that's 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 worth it right there. And uh, you know if those towers are elsewhere, new locations uh, for for uh, you know T-Mobile to put up its radios, that's wonderful too. Expand the coverage area. Now with T-Mobile, there's an issue here. They are setting up new towers, mostly in really outlying areas, Montana, et cetera, et cetera, at 600 megahertz. This is band 71. The problem is that very little equipment supports band 71. It came about too late for, say, Apple or Samsung to adapt their products to do it. They have to have a new cellular radios. So the support may not happen until next year. The reason for this is supposedly better penetration within buildings. And again, spreading the service into outlying areas. So I understand why T-Mobile has to do it. It's just causing current inconvenience. I got to tell you, I was really surprised that uh, that the new iPhones don't support the 600 megahertz. was kind of looking looking for that uh, as being a, a reason to use T-Mobile and uh, for a lot of people in those you know rural areas or whatever. Um I think it's a it's a good move on T-Mobile's part. An interesting kind of juxtaposition: we have Verizon disconnecting rural r- rural customers, sending out letters saying, you know, we're we, we are using too much whatever. I'm 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 assuming you've seen no news items on that. At the same time that uh, T-Mobile is expanding uh, into those same markets with its 600 megahertz play. Hey, good for you, T-Mobile. Bad Verizon. Naughty, naughty. So in the end, you're going to put up with T-Mobile's problems and go back to them with your gear or what? Well, I'm going to wait and see how things, you know, you know, look. Um, I don't need the 600 megahertz, you know, where I am. And I already own the iPhone, which I can take, again, from Verizon to T-Mobile very easily. That direction is fine. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I'm, um, you know, we're going to watch promotions and stuff as the year goes on. Uh, my mom recently passed me disconnecting her line. And so, uh, you know, that will be the time to really think about it. And yeah, we, we might do it. Uh, definitely, you know, T-Mobile is getting better. We're starting to see some faster. I have a, a, another device I'm testing and throughput's beginning to increase. If it goes up enough, yeah, we might we might just go back. Well, I'm seriously considering it. But at the end of the day, it would be strictly for better reception for the third person on our line. He lives in Cottonwood, Arizona, and his friends tell him that T-Mobile works better there than AT&T. I'm not sure, but I'd consider it. In terms of pricing, T-Mobile will give me more for almost the same number of dollars as AT&T. Now, there is one exception to that ironclad rule, which I'll tell you about in the next segment, and you'll see where I could possibly save a little bit of money from T-Mobile to make it more worthwhile. I'll explain that in a moment. We've got more to come with Joe Wilcox on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. $39.95 plus shipping and handling. Use discount code GCN and receive 15% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter and get your Bug Assault today. Age-related macular degeneration is a leading cause of blindness in people over 55, but with treatment it can be slowed down, stopped, and in some cases reversed. Make sure you see your grandchildren grow. Protect your vision by requesting information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD, or go to the website fightblindness.org where I found so much helpful information, or again, call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Thank you. 
What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. This is the Tech Night Out Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Joe Wilcox. And I was explaining why I might want to consider switching to T-Mobile. Not so much for me because it's okay. AT&T. I mean, there are other reasons to switch there. Customer service has become really, really bad since the merger with DirecTV. They're totally clueless. So that's the problem there. Now, the other issue is one of the people who use our phone lines, Chris O'Brien, my co-host with the PowerCast, lives in Cottonwood, Arizona. He says reception is bad there with AT&T. And he claims from a friend that T-Mobile is better. I don't know that. Assuming they're comparable, then we'd have the consideration of price. And the price is about the same, although T-Mobile is offering this alleged unlimited bandwidth and other benefits. Where it might get cheaper is for each line where the customer uses less than two gigabytes of data, we get a $10 rebate. So Chris doesn't use a lot of data, so maybe between him and my wife, we get a $20 rebate, and therefore we save $20 on this deal. So I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Also, the monthly payment for a new iPhone would be lower, but then again, the other plan is more expensive. Again, the monthly payment is the same unless one or more customers uses less data. Isn't this confusing? They can't make any of this stuff simple. I uh, know they can, and but then again, you get some you get some other perks, uh, and T-Mobile keeps throwing them out there. They recently, or maybe uh, even just maybe it was just even this past week, um, said that uh, 50 gigabytes is now the the data cap, which is way above everybody else. I think it's around 2022 20, for AT&T and Verizon both. So. Um, if you use a lot of data and you want to tether and whatever, uh, or even not even tether, just you know, on your phone, 50 gigabytes is a whole lot. It is. And this is the issue here with product labeling and advertising. We offer unlimited bandwidth except in the fine print, which says, <laughs> yes, it is limited. Everybody gets you. Now, I'm surprised you're saying that the price is about the same because uh, – T-Mobile rolls the taxes uh, into its price. If you go with their, you know, the whole binge on thing, uh, where you're not getting the the highest quality video and and whatnot, it's it's. I thought it was pretty affordable. Yeah, well, I'm going to make decisions very soon as to what direction to take. It's going to be a lot of money, more than anything else. I don't know again, a hundred percent that Chris is going to get better reception. Because as you said, they probably are using similar towers or something like that. Yeah, one thing I want to warn you about, uh, when I, in, in a couple years back, so w- w- it's hard to say if things have changed, uh, I moved uh, from, I guess is when I moved from AT&T to uh, T-Mobile at that time. And uh, I had a phone that I'd purchased, own um, from uh, AT&T, and uh, they wouldn't unlock it. They gave me a real hard time. And so uh, T-Mobile is very good about unlocking its phones, by the way. Um, So, uh, you know, you can't move if you can't unlock the phone. Well, I think legally they have to unlock the phone after it's paid off, don't they? Mine was paid off. Uh, It was quite the rigmarole. They don't want to lose a customer. 
What's too bad? I mean, you know, you can threaten at that point to leave anyway if they don't unlock the phone. You don't have to say, I'm leaving. You can say, if you don't unlock the phone, it's paid off. I'll just go somebody else and get new phones. You want to keep my service, you unlock these old phones. And that's the other thing is you want to go through the whole unlock before you move because some of the carriers, and this is, and T-Mobile is one of them, the phone has to have been on the network for several days at least, maybe even a week, uh, or the unlock won't work. So what you're saying here is I need to make this plan as far in advance as possible. So say by the end of October, I'm going to switch to T-Mobile. I call AT&T today and unlock the old phones. But but if they're not paid off, you can't. They won't unlock them. They are paid off. Yeah. Oh, then okay. I, I would uh, you know call them right away, get it going, um, unlock them. I think that uh, usually with an iPhone, um, it's a it's a different procedure than with other phones. Um, it, it's kind of like done on the Apple side. So then AT and T contacts Apple. Then you get an email telling you basically you. Uh, you, you you can do it one of two ways. You put a four what a, what they call a foreign SIM uh, into it, uh, or you uh, back up and sync with iTunes. And either way, I, I'm I'm pretty sure the the second one is the preferred method, even though it's a it's a bit more of a hassle. You back up and sync with iTunes. Yeah, and then uh, I don't know. So you. Um, well, it's okay. The, yep, you, you know what? I'll, okay. I, I mean, when we're talking about Apple, you can ask why about almost anything and and wonder, okay, isn't there an easier way to do, <laughs> to do that? I mean, when you're doing it their way or, you know, the highway, you got to live with it, right? Exactly. It's Apple. You're buying their product. You have to go along with it. Speaking of Apple, you going to buy one of the new iPhones? Uh, well, so here's my problem with the eight. Uh, I'm really not excited about the glass back. I mean, ha- didn't we have enough of that with uh, iPhone four? Um, it, it seems to me you, you increase your, your risk profile in terms of breakage. I mean, come on, you drop it on the back and then it shatters a glass and, um, I just don't get it. Now I've, I, I and I carry my phones bareback. I do not use a case. Uh-huh. I, I, uh, Strangely, I've had a cell phone since 1997, and I've never, never broken one. Um, knock on, knock on wood, he says. Um, but I, but I think my risk would increase, uh, you know, with the glass back. So that makes the the 10 and um, a consideration. Except we won't be able to get one. Everyone, um, <laughs> everyone will want one. I, I um, was at the Apple Store on the launch day. And there was a a little bit of a line, more than I expected. Uh, but they still had you know supply of phone iPhone eight eight plus into the afternoon. They're just satisfying demand. But it's not like it used to be. And I think a lot of people are waiting for the ten. That's where the demand is going to be. And and you wonder, okay, who wants to pay nine ninety nine or more? Because don't you want that two hundred and fifty six gigabyte uh, storage if you can get it? Um, it's a hell of a lot of money to pay. Well, maybe you want it. I don't use a fraction of that. So So. I don't care. In fact, I really need to look right now at my iPhone and see exactly how much storage I'm using. Okay, I have a 128 gigabyte iPhone. 
it has 105.84 gigabytes free. In other words, a 64, even assuming apps are larger because, I don't know, because they're having more features, it doesn't look as if I have a problem with storage. I can get by with 64 gigabytes because I don't load my iPhones with lots and lots of apps. I do it primarily for business use. I'll try an app. If I like it, I'll hang on to it. If I don't like the app, I'll delete it. So I'm very careful with the use of space. So for me, it's not a deal. If it's a big deal for you, then yeah, you're going to be spending a lot of extra money. Well, I have a 256 and right now I have 231 gigabytes available. I'm, I'm checking here. Um, but, uh, I'll be doing more video and such on the phone, and that'll really crank it up over time. On the other hand, with iOS 11 and the new uh, file format for the photos, uh, I, I think that may balance out a little bit. And so we'll see how much smaller they really are compared to the JPEGs. Yeah, well, to each his own. So at this point... You're concerned about the glass back, which was the iPhone 4 and 4S. Now, one of the magazines, I think AppleInsider.com, reported on someone doing breakage tests at YouTube and concluding that the phone's in pretty robust shape. Well, I hope so. Um, I really do. Uh, But glass, glass and glass just seems like a bad idea to me. I mean, from a design perspective, why why have glass in the back? I'm not here to explain Apple logic. Why does Apple not allow you to upgrade the memory on most of their computers or change the storage device? Why did they design these things that if you want to change the storage device on, say, an iMac, like a 27-inch iMac, it's possible. But... You've got to undo this adhesive backing that holds the screen to the chassis. I mean, it's just absurd what they require you to do for things that are really not that important as far as I'm concerned. We've got more to come with Joe Wilcox. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. 
I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Dr. Carolyn Dean wants you to have a free chapter of her new book, The Magnesium Miracle Second Edition, and it's available at magmiracle.com. In your free chapter, Dr. Carolyn Dean explains how magnesium is essential to support the structure and function and overall health of your body. Your free chapter is your guide to learn how to support your heart, bone, metabolic, lung, and mental health with this powerful mineral. The Magnesium Miracle Second Edition is available on Amazon, but right now get a free chapter at magmiracle.com, spelled M-A-G-Miracle.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So neighbors, by far the best way to support the Tech Night Out Live is to become a subscriber to Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. P-L-U-S dot You will get a commercial-free version of this show with better quality audio. You help the cause all for a low subscription rate, $1.49 a week. And we have annual and five-year and lifetime plans as well. Plus.technightowl.com. Talking about the new iPhones and whether Joe Wilcox wants to buy one, we're talking about the glass backing. I assume the glass was partly... Because they're using inductive charging. Is that part of the answer? Uh, probably. I mean, I hadn't really thought about it, but th- that certainly would be uh, um, you know, one, one possible explanation. It, whenever I have a phone, the, the, uh, the thing I think about most is friction. Uh, I haven't really looked at the new phone. Is, it, uh, as, is the bezel curved the same way as uh, the uh, previous phone? The iPhone... Eight supposedly lets you use the same cases as the iPhone Seven. Okay, so then then it's probably very much alike. Um, one of the things I did not like about the iPhone Six, which was remedied with the the Seven and Seven Plus, uh, is it was slippery in the hand, and definitely it's it's um, there's more friction uh, with the newer models. And part of the problem with the slipperiness had to do with the change in the bezel going from the flat to the round it just um made it uh you know made the phone uh, a little 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 easier to slip uh, you know to lose to your, your your grip so we'll have to see uh glass i don't know uh how much friction uh that delivers compared to the uh you know aluminum plastic i mean when you look at like the samsung's when you get into those plastic ones the good uh the good thing about the those plastic cases are you get a lot of i mean you have a great grip good friction the key here is whatever iphone i get i'm going to stick it into a case period i will take no chances i use a case my case currently is transparent the one i'm using right now but still a case and that's it so if you want to go bareback that's your privilege. What do you think about the iPhone 10? Do you consider it an indulgence, a way for Apple to test new technologies? Is that going to be the phone that will replace everything in a year or two? Well, you know, my problem with the iPhone 10, uh, which you know should be the anniversary, right? The 10th anniversary phone. 
Um, there's too much about it that reminds me of, of things that have been out there for years, particularly from Samsung. We got all this talk on stage during the event about innovation this and innovation that. I'm thinking, okay, I've seen that. I've seen this other thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, it's like I keep going, uh-huh, okay, tell me something. Tell me something new. Tell me something I haven't seen in terms of uh, uh, the design aesthetic. That's my problem is I really wanted to see something more. And I still say more is about touchless interaction, about voice interaction, you know, command me, talk to me, Star Trek computing, that's the future. You don't want to look at the screen. You want to actually look around you and experience the world and talk casually to your computer like you or your cell phone like you would a normal person. To me, that's the uh, the, the way things have got to go. Otherwise, I got to tell you, you know, if, if there's a natural disaster, asteroid, uh, um, hits the planet, uh, you know, some major, you know, catastrophe. Uh, they talk about, you know, different types of apocalypses, the zombie apocalypse with the undead. The real undead are going to be all these people that today are addicted to their phones. When you take it away, when there's no cellular service, when there's no electricity, there's your zombies. There's your zombie apocalypse. These people that are traumatized, psychological nightmare because th- that's what they're used to. And come on, Apple, let's fr- free us from the screen. You know, help us uh, e- evolve as a species, so to speak, uh, into the next thing. Gene Roddenberry and company, Star Trek computing, voice computing introduced in the 60s and maybe before that and other, you know, sci-fi. That's what I want to see. Google gets it. Apple kind of gets it. We're moving in that direction, but Apple's not moving fast enough. Well, Apple isn't always fast with everything, isn't always first with everything. They will claim we want to get it right, not we don't want to be first mover. They didn't have the first smartphone. They didn't have the first digital music player. They didn't even have the first personal computer. And they certainly didn't have the first smartwatch or the first tablet. Yeah, well, that's all true. But so what? Um, you know, you... It, you know, are we talking about the humanization of, of technology? What made iPhone spectacular as a product was its responsiveness to you, the way that Apple used the sensors uh, to, to, uh, to, to make it more, more human-like, where you didn't have to think, think about it. You moved it to your face, and the, and the, uh, the electronic uh, digital keyboard, whatever you want, the screen keyboard, uh, you know, went off. Uh, you didn't accidentally dial a number because you had the phone next to your face. You know, it, and it, different later iterations, it's aware of itself, you know, sp- uh, spatially because of the gyroscope, different things. You know, I mean, that was true innovation. And I just see Apple kind of plodding along um, see, the problem here is, um, is that, uh, you know, Apple needs to reinvent itself. I mean, that's what really has to happen is the disruption isn't these other markets. Um, and the, you know, I hear that excuse over and over again where Apple wasn't first and they did really well. Yeah. But Apple is there. Apple is the status quo with iPhone. iPhone is the established player to disrupt. And that's what I want to see Apple do. And I, I may have mentioned this on the show in the past. My favorite example is 2005 when Steve Jobs introduced the, uh, the iPod Nano. At the time, 
you know, the, its its uh, uh, predecessor uh, was the was it I guess the um, which uh, iPod was that? Um, well, anyway, the, its predecessor was the top selling uh, music player in the world, and it had been on the market for about a year. And all the imitators were, were, were coming out, the lookalikes for the Christmas season. And what does Steve Jobs do? He does, he does what nobody does. They kill a product at the height of its popularity and replace it with something else, something better. And, and uh, it really stuck a middle finger to the, to the uh, imitators uh, as Christmas came and their stuff sat on the, uh, was going to uh, sit on the shelves and did sit on the shelves. And really showed risk taking and innovation. And I'll say the same thing about iPhone. It was, an, it was a hugely uh, risky endeavor. What I don't see from Tim Cook is enough risk taking. Well, so therefore, Steve Jobs believed in repeal and replace. Um, in some ways, in some ways, yes. Uh, not always. I mean, there were there was definitely. I can remember. You know, circa 2000, uh, when I had um, uh, three different uh, flat panel monitors from uh, Apple, all with different connectors, so they weren't interchangeable between different Macs. Uh, that was, I, I think, an extreme uh, example of, of that repeal and replace, or at least uh, in transition, uh, as Apple was trying to decide on what technology it was going to use to connect these things together. Remember, Apple still, whatever we think about their morals, is a profit-making enterprise, a multinational corporation, answerable to its stockholders. As much as they preach support for the environment, they preach being good to all people, they preach these ethics and morality, at the end of the day, there's no Apple if they don't sell enough product to show. And that's part of it. Now, maybe... The rest is window dressing. Maybe Tim Cook is telling the truth about their concerns to treat people properly, to treat their employees properly. I can believe that and still see Apple being a profit-making business and its goal is to make money. We're going to make a little money right now for the show. We've got more to come with Joe Wilcox. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night How Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
Back pain doesn't take vacations. It never celebrates holidays. It's on the job 24-7 to keep your life exactly where it is, in limbo. But it doesn't have to be that way because Laser Spine Institute can help you take back your life from chronic neck and back pain. With a less than one-inch incision, our minimally invasive procedures have provided relief to over 60,000 patients with a 97% patient satisfaction rate. So get ready to stand tall and live the life you've imagined for yourself without pain. Are you or a loved one suffering from a bulging disc, herniated disc, spinal stenosis, pinched nerve, or degenerative disc disease? Call our spine care consultants now at 855-510-BACK. For a no-cost MRI review and to learn more, it's time to say goodbye to chronic neck and back pain. Call 855-510-BACK to see if laser spine surgery is right for you. That's 855-510-BACK. What have you got to lose? Laser Spine Institute, the leader in minimally invasive spine surgery. This just in, before your doctor gives you another antibiotic prescription that you don't want, get this free report, The Miracle of Garlic, Your First Home Medicine. This free report is filled with easy kitchen remedies for common colds, flus, sore throats, ear infections, and more. Plus, learn to boost your immunity before you get sick. Go now to GCNWellness.com, just like it sounds, GCNWellness.com to get your free report, The Miracle of Garlic. Click GCNWellness.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-765-9681 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-765-9681. Again, that's 800-765-9681. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So before we move on from iPhones and such. Any final comments about iPhone 8, 10, Apple's future, and iOS 11? Well, I want to talk a little bit about Tim Cook uh, again. What I will say very positive about Tim Cook is he's a he's a manufacturing and logistics genius, no question about that. And in many other ways, uh, he's really the right steward for Apple. 
because of the success, particularly you know after you know iPhone really started to take off circa uh, fiscal year 2011, we have this enormous explosion of of, uh, of sales and, and profit. You kind of need someone who is the steward who's steering the ship. So Apple needs to take risks. At the same time, it needs to preserve this cash flow, this enormous cash flow. And he's very good for that. I've said for some time that Apple really needs a, a chief operating officer uh, and in some ways a visionary one. I, I've, I've alluded in the past, uh, described Jobs as, as kind of like uh, Kirk and uh, – or no, as uh, Spock and uh, – no, yeah, actually, yeah, as Kirk and um, Tim Cook as, as Spock. So you have the logician and uh, the more emotional one, the and the risk taker. That was you know uh, uh, James T. Kirk, and they worked well with uh, one as uh, uh, the CEO and the other one as the COO. Roles reversed. Really would like to see Apple uh, for its future, for the long term future, uh, install a CE a COO, a Chief Operating Officer, who is a bit more like Jobs was in terms of design and attention to detail and have the two complement each other. And I think you do something like that, Apple will be around for a long, long, long time. Well, I think Tim Cook now is a very active public face of Apple. He has a pleasant, genial demeanor on TV. Right. So right now, he's also more accessible than Jobs. Jobs, of course, you couldn't predict how he'd react. At least (laughs) Tim Cook's emotional range is more narrow, more predictable, and he makes a good voice for the company. And here he is, this solid advocate for the environment and for rights, human rights, and all that stuff. So it kind of sort of works. iOS 11, what's he feeling about it? It looks to me like if you have an iPad, it does a lot of stuff if you... Just have a regular iPhone. Well, you know, you have the new control center and stuff like that. Uh, well, I've been using uh, both uh, since uh, the first developer beta. So I guess that would be June on an iPad Pro and on the uh, iPhone 7 Plus. And, uh, you know, overall, you know, I've liked it and watched it, you know, mature over the last few months. Uh, a lot of little tweaks and changes along the way. Definitely, uh, there's a lot of productivity uh, there on, on the iPad with the uh, you know the the dual view, which works a better uh, than it did on iOS 10, and you have um, uh, you know the copy and paste, and uh, you know even little things like that whole uh, you know kind of like scan the PDF, and I mean it's just a lot of lot of nice little additions that oh that's nice oh that's nice oh and when you add them all up wow uh, they, they turn into to, to quite quite a, an improvement in terms of you know, your productivity. I have to say, I use my iPad Pro. I have the 10.5-inch, uh, um, probably more than any other device. I don't necessarily use it for a lot of writing, and that's because I have the uh, the MacBook Pro with the newer the newer butterfly keyboards. So that's the uh, and I just find that keyboard to be amazing. I know some people they don't like it. I love it. Uh, I type really fast on it, and um, so I would I would uh, always prefer that to the. Uh, to the little attachable uh, keyboard uh, cover that uh, you know Apple sells. That said, as I said, I use the iPad uh, Pro. Gosh, 
uh, more than my phone. I mean, I, and, and, and again, more than the, the laptop on uh, most days. And iOS 11 is definitely a part of that or reason, part of the reason for that. At this point, I still cannot use an iPad for the kind of productive work I do. I know Apple wants to push it there to some degree, because obviously, if you look at the iPad, suddenly you see a Mac OS-like dock and that sort of thing. And the multitasking is better, and they're trying to do something. But the kind of apps I use still won't work on the iPad. I can't do this show on an iPad. I suppose oh, I, I can edit that. it. Uh, pardon? Oh, I believe that. I can edit the show on an iPad, I suppose. I've never tried editing audio with my fingers, but... I can't capture the audio that way. Yeah, no, there's limitations. Uh, you know, it only goes so far. If you're a content creator, there's certain things you can do. There's a lot more that you you can't do. There's no question about that. And um, it's, you know, it's it's not for everybody. Um, and again, like I said, I don't use it as my main content tool. You know, if I do photos or writing or anything. I'll always go to the Mac first. And part of that is habit. It's what I've always done. And uh, uh, it's just easier for me. Uh, in terms of the iOS interface, since you mentioned the little dock, uh, I really didn't like the addition of that. I'm I'm adjusting to it. Uh, I, I'm not so sure uh, that uh, making iOS more uh, Mac OS-like is the right uh, approach. I can understand why Apple's doing it. Uh, I think it would be better the other way around, where uh, the uh, the desktop operating system uh, took on more uh, of the capabilities of the of the uh, the portable one. But that's just you know my two cents. I think you really would like to see a Mac with a touchscreen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's um, you know what what we should have. But as you said, Apple's obligation is to its shareholders. That's its first, I guess, uh, moral uh, uh, objective. Um, you know, Tim Cook can talk about the environment, whatever, but um, in business, uh, moral agenda the uh, is defined by, you know, in a public company by the shareholders. And their top priority is always the same, money, 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 money. Apple sells more things by having a touch slate and a laptop that has no touch capability. Got to buy two instead of one. Well, some people use the iPad as a notebook, but then it becomes the two-in-one. You got the keyboard and you got the touchscreen. But as you, you the- said, not everybody can do that. And I would say most everybody you know, can't. Again, it depends what you're doing. If I was a student taking notes, uh, there's a lot to be said for using... Uh, the iPad and being able to switch from uh, the pencil uh, to the keyboard back again, finger as well. Um, so it depends. Depends what you do. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the thing that bothers me about the setup is you can't set up like a traditional input device, like a trackpad for an iPad. You know, one of these keyboards have a regular trackpad on it, converted completely to a notebook when you attach the keyboard. That's not something you can really do right now. But if you could, maybe you would make it more flexible. We've got Joe Wilcox and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night How Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Concur does what might seem impossible for your business. It makes employees happy and finance happy. How? Well, employees love automated expense reports and invoices they can submit and approve from anywhere. And finance loves that they have full visibility into employee spend. Plus, Concur integrates with leading finance systems. Concur makes the process better for everyone. Concur. Expense. Travel. Invoice. Learn more at concur.com. In an emergency, you need a fire now. But what if the wood is wet? No problem for InstaFire. Our non-toxic fire starter packs lights wet wood, floats, and can even burn on water or in any weather. Sustains winds up to 30 miles per hour, and each pouch weighs only 1.75 ounces. Need an emergency or camp stove? Get the InstaFire Inferno stove that boils 20 ounces of water in under 3 minutes with controllable heat and temps from 425 to 1500 degrees. Free shipping. Go to InstaFire.com and use discount code RADIO30 up to 3 times for 30% off your order. InstaFire. Fire in an instant. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Google has all but banned the movie series, What Would Muhammad Do? It's a brilliant film on the true history and goals of Islam. This is the film Trump's enemies and holdouts from the Obama administration are terrified you will see. Pro-Islamic groups working with Google and other multi-billion dollar corporations have vowed to suppress the distribution of What Would Muhammad Do? When you see it, you'll understand why. Get your copy while you still can. Order the four DVD collection today for $39.95 plus shipping and handling. Or go online and download the entire movie series for just $19.95. But wait, for those who order in the next 30 minutes, we'll throw in a nine-part series on the Muslim Brotherhood absolutely free. Go to www.mdfilm.com or call 304-289-3700 now. That's www.mdfilm.com or call 304-289-3700 now. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology 
can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit reputationdefender.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Speaking of desktop Macs, we have Mac OS High Sierra, which for most people doesn't do a hell of a lot that's different. Metal graphics is better, and there may be certain apps that benefit from that. The issue about the Apple file system is probably lost on 90% of the people out there. What do you think? Unless they have a, a Fusion set up, then it's uh, it really going to matter to them. But, um, yeah, I was wondering, you know, I wondered about that, uh, you know, how much of a problem that was going to create for me as an end user and for other folks but I did the conversion, and uh, it's smooth. I, it didn't. It didn't seem to break any apps. I haven't lost any data or anything yet. So, um, for sure, a lot of the the changes are you know under under the hood, so to speak. But it's smooth. Uh, I definitely uh, is a is a smooth operator. I've got no complaints about it. And again, I've been running that as well since about June. To clarify, we've mentioned it before. The new Apple file system converts SSDs. Fusion drives, they tried during the early beta, and the people who did try it during the public beta have to revert their drives, their Fusion drives, follow some terminal commands from Apple. They have to basically back up and reformat. Apple, I gather, will support this later because it mentions initial release of Mac OS High Sierra. You can, however, convert a regular hard drive traditional mechanical hard drive to APFS, one of my backup drives I converted, and then works just fine. It's the combo drive, the one that has the SSD working with the HDD where they run into glitches, and I suppose they're going to want to fix that. They're just going to want to have everything convert, don't you think? Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. And, uh, you know, if there's more security there uh, and also, you know, more privacy, and certainly uh, that's been a, a top... Uh, issue with Tim Cook. He's been very vocal about uh, Apple's approach to security, and but more importantly, privacy. And I think that's a a good uh, good wand to wave, flag to wave, stick to wave, if you like, uh, in the in the uh, Google uh, economic era where your information is collected because there's all kinds of uh, for the for the benefit of having you know free content. Well, there you go. So Mac OS High Sierra. For most people, it won't be a big deal. There are some apps that have to be updated. In fact, the one that we use for this show, Audio Hijack from Rogue Amoeba, to capture the audio, that had to be updated, but that updates out now. And default folder 10, that enhances the open save dialogues, that had to be fixed. Microsoft Office 2011 is not fully compatible. Correct. Office 2016, or whatever they're calling it, Seems to work okay. I've used it. Most of the other apps I run seem to work fine. So that's about the size of it. There we go with High Sierra. It's hardly a big story. As you say, mostly under the hood changes. 
So, so then let's talk about the past. Wasn't that long ago we paid for these things, and now they're free. When a new uh, version of of uh, what well they called it OS 10 then was you know 129 bucks. Wasn't that long ago we were paying for every upgrade. Yeah, then I think Mountain Lion is where it went free. So long ago, <laughs> so far away. <laughs> it seems like it. It seems like it. Well, you remember in the old days of the Mac, what happened is Apple would sell you the operating system in a shrink wrap box, but they'd also give it away if you just copied it at a local dealer. So go to the local dealer, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what I would do. Or if you were a member of one of the online services, you could download it, but then you'd be paying by the hour in the early days to get your copy of Mac OS. It might fill a couple of floppy disks. I think with Mac OS 7, they call it Mac OS 7 in 1990 or 1991, that filled four floppies. And that took time to download. As you say, you go to the dealer, there would be local Mac user groups where you can copy it. Today, you just download it from Apple. And I think Apple sees the marketing benefit of that to them, and especially compared to Microsoft. Well, Microsoft, you got to buy the operating system every so often. Although I don't know what the marketing plan now is with Windows 10, where it was free for a year, then you had to pay for it. But future upgrades are free. And I don't know how many people actually upgraded to Windows 10 after it stopped being free. Have you followed that? No, I haven't. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a much more limited number. Um Obviously, Microsoft wanted to to move the market fast, so that's why the incentive. Um, but of course, Microsoft makes its money from selling software. On the other hand, with the move to services and with so much of the install base being uh, uh, in the you know the business market, and also Microsoft pushing things towards a subscription model uh, for Office, it could get away with uh, giving it away for free and still not you know you know kill its revenue stream. With Apple, since the since the money's coming from uh, mainly coming from uh, hardware, and giving away the operating system is a is an easy thing to do. Hmm. Oh, I'm surprised you haven't brought up the Apple Watch yet. That's what I was going to do next. Oh, there you go. You see the final segment and a half. Apple Watch Three Series Three, with and without LTE. You getting one? Um, yeah, actually, uh, Verizon, uh, delivered one today. Um, I haven't tried it out to make sure that the LTE works, uh, but, uh, I have it on my wrist, uh, supposed to be a little bit thicker, uh, strangely, I'm not sure why, uh, but it, it's looser on my wrist. So it may have something to do with the older, older, um, strap, which is supposed to be compatible, but maybe, maybe only to a certain degree, but. It was really quick to I mean, it was really quick to set up um, compared to the series two and uh, and <laughs> the series one is you know slow as can be to to, to set it up and to sync it. Um, but it's on my wrist and I've had it out and about, but I haven't had it far enough for my phone. What does bother me, and I guess there is a little remedy if you go to your 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 iCloud. Um, uh, the settings is this whole thing with the LTE uh, not always working. And it's not, my problem isn't 
that it doesn't work. It's the reason why, um, which uh, which is uh, the the, um, the 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 watch may be trying to connect to an open Wi-Fi network. Well, hell, I don't want that to happen. That's a security thing. I don't even use Wi-Fi myself. I always uh, tether to my phone, even when I'm sitting in a in a coffee shop. You know, with with freely available Wi-Fi, I don't want my watch trying to connect to an to an open network. That's so I've got to um, make some adjustments myself. I guess you do it in a keychain, is what where you need to um, you know make sure things are are all are all goody goody. Yeah, hmm. I don't know whether I'll get an Apple Watch or not. I have to consider that. It's the money very much, and beyond that, whether I really need to have one. Well, do you have one now? No. I have a twelve dollar and eighty eight cents Walmart watch. So I, I think it need, I think it needs a new battery. No, the battery's still working. <laughs> well, I had the Series Two and stopped using it for a while, and then found I actually missed it, which surprised me. And with the Series Three, um, you know, Verizon gives me six months to pay it off. So I thought, okay, I can I can afford to do it that way. Uh, up front, eh, I don't know. It's a lot of money to to put out. Then again, I probably can sell my Series Two and recover, you know, maybe half of the cost of the watch. So then, that's okay. I'm interested in where and how well Apple does with this LTE thing. Supposedly, if you believe Tim Cook about early orders, more people than they expected are going for the LTE version. Calling Dick Tracy. We'll have more with Joe Wilcox and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Dr. Carolyn Dean wants you to have a free chapter of her new book, The Magnesium Miracle Second Edition, and it's available at magmiracle.com. In your free chapter, Dr. Carolyn Dean explains how magnesium is essential to support the structure and function and overall health of your body. Your free chapter is your guide to learn how to support your heart, bone, metabolic, lung, and mental health with this powerful mineral. The Magnesium Miracle Second Edition is available on Amazon, but right now get a free chapter at magmiracle.com, spelled M-A-G, miracle.com. Concur does what might seem impossible for your business. It makes employees happy. 
and finance happy. How? Well, employees love automated expense reports and invoices they can submit and approve from anywhere. And finance loves that they have full visibility into employee spend. Plus, Concur integrates with leading finance systems. Concur makes the process better for everyone. Concur. Expense. Travel. Invoice. Learn more at concur.com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, Hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2979-855-700-2979-855-700-2979. That's 855-700-2979. In an emergency, you need a fire now. But what if the wood is wet? No problem for InstaFire. Our non-toxic fire starter packs lights wet wood, floats, and can even burn on water or in any weather. Sustains winds up to 30 miles per hour, and each pouch weighs only 1.75 ounces. Need an emergency or camp stove? Get the InstaFire Inferno stove that boils 20 ounces of water in under 3 minutes with controllable heat and temps from 425 to 1500 degrees. Free shipping. Go to InstaFire.com and use discount code RADIO30 up to 3 times for 30% off your order. InstaFire. Fire in an instant. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We're talking about Apple Watch Series 3. It's tent pole feature is an LTE radio. And I think it's what, one hour talk time, Joe? That's what they say. Um, but really, you know, who's going to, you know, talk on the phone? I mean, I do from time to time. I mean, you already can, if you have your phone nearby, you know, you can answer on your watch. And I certainly do that driving on occasion. Very convenient. Keep my hands in the wheel, uh, but still able to, to talk to someone on the phone. But and I can do that now. I don't need LTE. But if you're a runner or a swimmer or you know, fast walker, whatever, mountain climber, you know, who knows where you might not want to take your phone with you. You get your alerts, you get your text messages, so on. You don't get your email, if I understand correctly. That's uh, maybe that's not such a bad bad thing. The question is, do you want to have all of that stuff as distractions anyway? When you're out running, do you really need to be distracted by, you know, your watch? Shouldn't you be focused on, uh, uh, on the moment, you know, being in there in the moment, the physical exertion and 
you know, the mental benefits that you get, uh, endorphins, whatever. So uh, I, I can see where Apple's going about the music, where people can stream. Uh, but can't you just download the music to your phone anyway now and just listen that way? So it's mixed benefits. I see some benefit, but I think for a lot of people, they already have those benefits uh, with the phone and watch being close together. And since you still need a phone to set up the watch, it isn't like a truly independent device. That said, there are absolutely people uh, that uh, will want it. And for what, 50 bucks more? You know, why not just spend that? And then you have it if you need it. You can always turn off the capability if you don't want to use it. It's definitely more economical to buy it. And the other issue here is if you compare the price to last year, the difference isn't quite as drastic. It's $70 difference for the version without the LTE radio. But oh, you can only... Exp- Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> so one of the things here is that the price increase isn't that much, although there's a decent discount for people who want to buy one without. And it's not something you just plug in later. So we see that. I'm kind of thinking where it's really going to come into its own is maybe a couple of three years down the pike when batteries are more efficient, chips are more efficient, and you start getting talk time that's closer to a traditional phone. So then maybe we have the future that I always envisioned. I never understood in a way why phones kept getting bigger. I really thought they would keep getting smaller. And of course, when we start talking about voice interaction versus touch... Uh, then that kind of makes sense. So with your phone, we, we know at what, what point can your watch replace your phone? And I think that's where you're going. Well, that's what you're talking about. When the battery is efficient enough, the uh, we don't have uh, the much heat or you know you know loss of you know whatever uh, inside the device, so that as a few hours or more than a few hours of talk time, uh, plus you get all that information on your wrist. I think there comes a point where you can say, gosh, I've got the smaller device that's with me all the time, and it's not my phone. It's my, it's on my wrist. You see, you've just brought in something really interesting here. Is it possible some people might say, I don't need an iPhone. The Apple Watch does it all for me. Yeah, except we, we're not there yet because you still need that iPhone. But if in the future it's not required... And again, as you said, the battery life is there. Maybe you don't need an iPhone. You see, right now, the Apple Watch will sell only in fractions of the number of iPhones Apple could move. True. But think about it this way also. If you can make that as a new, a new category where there isn't a, where, where not a lot of people own it right if you can make it functional enough on its own then you have all of those people that have owned phones already that may not be upgrading every couple years because the the phone functionality has reached a plateau who may will buy a, a watch instead and look what happened with the pc market the kind of pcs reached a certain kind of plateau the desktop pcs but you could get a laptop and it would offer you you know more flexibility biggest benefit is portability you can take your your computer with you anywhere and so you saw that shift in sales so the one thing after it reached saturation 
there was something else to replace it. If that's Apple's long-term goal, and it can pull it off, uh, and it's the market leader to start with, there's no reason why the watch could have a much bigger future than analysts are snidely predicting today. Well, I saw an article once saying that Apple would lose its status as having the iPhone as a digital hub because more people would buy the Apple Watch. Uh, well, we're a long way from that. <laughs> yeah, we're quite uh, a long way. I mean, even then, you know, the way Apple works, they don't mind to cannibalize products as long as they make the product. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that can be done with a watch. I mean, l- just look at what's happened with the smartwatch category at, at the partners that, uh, you know, Apple has with, uh, and then around Android. I mean, you got, you got the, you know, traditional watchmakers like, you know, Fossil and Montblanc that are, you know, on board, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, Android wear because they understand that, you know, that, uh, you know, jewelry and technology, uh, together are design statements and their status symbols in a way. Which, by the way, was very true of uh, when iPhone came out, and a lot of people, you know, they bought it because of that reason. They paid the five ninety nine. Was it five ninety nine, four ninety nine, and five ninety nine? I guess for the original uh, model. I think it was three ninety nine, four ninety nine. Mm, I bought one. I think it was four ninety nine, five ninety nine. We can look it up to confirm. But uh, what you're referring to is not long after the launch. Uh, Steve Jobs lowered the price by a hundred dollars. I think that's what you're referring to. But when, it, but on launch day. It was more. Okay. It started at four ninety nine, five ninety nine. You're correct. And then I think he cut a hundred dollars off the price. Yep, yep, and gave refunds to the early buyers too. Which is kind of interesting. How many companies are gonna do that? Most companies will say it's too bad. What would happen, of course, is there's usually what a fifteen to thirty day money back guarantee. So people would just return the units and say, Okay, why are you returning it? Because the price went down. <laughs> and at that point, the dealer might be forced to say, you know what, it's not worth my time processing a return. I'll give you credit. I'll give you an incentive to accept this product and not ask for another one. Joe Wilcox, please tell our listeners, if they want to know more about the things that you do, where do they go? How do they do it? Oh, gosh. I, I've been so absent online recently. But when I am online, I'm over at uh, Beta News. I think author Joe Wilcox. I have my own website, joewilcox.com. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Joe Wilcox over there. I'm around and about. Well, we're around and about, too. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Look for Gene Steinberg, the guy with the plaid shirt, red plaid shirt, on Facebook. Look for our other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast at Paracast.com. Our guest lineup this week is kind of eclectic. We have a listener named Louis Sheehan who comes aboard and questions us, me and my guest co-host Jay Randall Murphy. And he asks some pretty hard questions and we give him some pretty hard answers. So if you want to know more about The Paracast and all the things we do there, go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. We even have a Paracast.net. You can link to it as well. Get all those options with websites. We have another way for you to support this show, and that's to become a member of Tech Night Owl Plus. You go to plus, P-L-U-S dot to get more information on how to sign up. 
And the way it works is simple. Once you become a member, there's a special place to download your episodes. And you can do it through iTunes or podcast or various podcast apps on iOS and, of course, Android. And you get the version free of the network ads. No network ads. Better quality audio. The price starts at just $1.49 for a single week. Plus.technightow.com. Can you dig it? Joe Wilcox, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, Gene. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.